thought I had it on. There we go. There we go. We're on. Okay, I just needed to give it a moment, flip the switch in the back there. Well, I'm glad you're in the house of the Lord today. I'm thankful to be here, and I'd like to turn to the book of John. I think we'll, we'll flip over to John chapter 13 to start with. John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, verse 34 and verse 35, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. I notice sometimes when I say, hit the word ye, I say you, so... Uh, for those of you that are reading King James, you're like, he said you. I don't speak that way normally. <laughs> but Lord Jesus, we ask you to speak to us today. Speak to us from your word. God, enlighten our eyes, open our understanding. Jesus, we want to grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Um, it's uh, been going through the word, and we've been discussing Psalms and Proverbs and Bishop. He's been spending the last couple years in the book of Psalms, and He's just recently tra um, transversed through Psalms chapter 119, and um, I think he wrote a whole book just on Psalms 119, and he could write a whole another series of books on just Psalms 119. But as I was talking to the Lord and flipping through the book of John and reading passages, uh, my mind came back to Psalms 119. And Psalms 119 is an encouragement or celebration or a focus on the Word of God. And so if you flipped over to Psalms 119, we're not going to read all of it today, um, but if you, if you flipped over to it, it it's, says, starts out with, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and seek Him with their whole heart. Um, and, and so as you go down through uh, verse 9, Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Verse 11, this one you might be very familiar with. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word of God. Psalms chapter 1, I think we, either last week or the week before, we highlighted that just a little bit, but it, it begins and it's about the word of God. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor setteth in the, or standeth in the way of the sinner, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, He spoke the Word. It was His Word, and everything was fashioned. Isn't that exciting? When, as parents, we like to speak words. Well, I don't know that we like to speak words. We find ourselves speaking lots of words. And not my children, but I'm sure all of your children, those words go unheard. Okay, it's my children too. Or maybe it's only my children, I don't know. And you speak. My wife probably feels like she speaks to me and it goes unheard. Um, but, uh, hey. 
but the word. So when I think of God and he speaks, and you know, I would have liked to have been there. Has, have any of you read Chronicles of Narnia? Or, and, and Narnia, you know, and, you're, you're, and he's creating the worlds, right? And, and it's, uh, um, it's reflecting on, I like how they get these stories and they make them kids' stories and it all came from right here. And so, and so, what do you have there? But he's typifying God and, and God speaking and boom, things are happening. And so this is what I imagine, you know, and when he said, let there be light and, and then trees and boop, 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 it's all, all happening. The fish in the sea, the birds in the air. And, and when God speaks his word, it happens. That's why it's so powerful and so much in awe to me that he then gave us choice and chooses to deal with us and to put up with us. He, Jesus said he saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. And when God's finally totally just done with something and he says, my patience is up and boom, he, he just speaks the word and it happens. So that God would be long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish. That God would give us the opportunity to make choice. Um, that that uh, God would let us live in mess. God who can fix things just like that. God when he decides something's to be or, 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 or when he wants sickness to be gone in your life and he says, okay, it's, it's done, right? And, but yet he would, instead of, oh man, can God do this? Can he do this? And instead it's like, well, why did God put up with us for so long? It's his grace and his mercy it's his ever reaching it's his love but this word wasn't just word that was spoken and 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 things were created and happened but god then gave us in detailed order his word we find in the book of exodus and exodus between chapters 30 and 34 we we see moses here and and moses goes up on the mountain Perhaps you know these stories, perhaps you know them very well. But he goes up on the mountain and he goes to meet with God. And while he's up on the mountain and God is showing him all kinds of details and great things, what are the Israelites doing down below? They're taking the blessings of God and they're fashioning it into something in their life that it takes dominance and they dedicate their life to it, they worship it. And you say, okay, where, where do you get dedicated out of it? They took all of themselves, and they, they took their possessions, they took their, their wealth, and they fashioned it into an idol. And then they begin to, to take their dignity and their, their self-worth, and they strip themselves of their clothing, and they begin to dance around it, and to shout, and to worship this thing that they had made, and it was representative of, of things they had been brought out of. Do you know it's at this point after that that the Israelites are called stiff-necked? What's stiff-necked? Is sheep, are sheep called stiff-necked? Or to be sheep? But oxen, calves, um, cows, they're stiff-necked. You lead a sheep. But you drive cattle, you prod them along, you poke them along. And, and they were referred to as stiff neck. The sins that you get into, they can change. Your decisions that you make can change your identity and who you are. Be careful what you embrace. 
Oh, but I want to encourage you. If you have gotten yourself trapped in some sort of sin and it's had an effect on your life and you came back to God and said, man, God, I'm sorry for doing that, whatever that is, don't just come to God with repentance. But do like David. When David um, said, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me, there, there's something that happens at the altar. When you will come to the altar, not just to say, I'm sorry, please wash away my sins, but you will spend time. And I say the altar. I think most of you know this. By far, most of you know this. Most of you have gone to church here for a long time. It's not physically these steps. We come up to these steps as a symbolic place where we get a hold of God. But it's a place where you get down in your life and you say, God, I'm, I'm laying my life out to you. I'm submitting my life. That can be in your home. It can be at that seat back there. Or it can be as you make your way up to this front here. And you get down. And you don't just say sorry. But you say, God, we got to examine stuff here. Because as you examine it, you begin to get understanding. When you are saying, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. When you're telling him, God, you would have desired, if you, if, if you would have desired sacrifice, I would have given it. But that's not what you want. God, what you want is a broken and contrite spirit. What began to happen in David? He began to say, I, I got to have this changed. And I got to have that changed. And, and this needs to be worked over. That's, and so what happens is you can get rid of things that would have to make, become your identity. Things that would have defined you. It's important to spend time there. To say, God, I, I, we got to sort through this. This had an effect on my life. If I could liken it a little bit to some drugs, and I don't really know drugs very well, so if I get out of my realm here, um, I, I don't even like to take Tylenol. So, um, But my understanding is, is if you get on drugs, some types of drugs for a, a, enough time, they begin to alter your brain. And they begin to have effect. I don't mean they just burn up brain cells, although that happens too. Um, and... But they begin to alter things. And you'll see people, they, they come, they, they, they'll get rid of the lifestyle, but they'll have a difference up there. And, and, and sometimes folks, you'll see them refer, you'll refer to people and say, hey, you know, that was the effect of drugs on their life. That's what sin will do to you also in what you've exposed your eyes to and your heart to. Ideologies in this world. Be careful what you mess around with on ideologies, on, on what this world's teaching. I, I saw an article the other day on, I like to refer to it as pro-abortionists or pro-murdering. They referred to them as pro-choice. Pro Christians. And it was ladies, nurses who gathered and had Bible study and prayer before they begin to perform abortions. Because their Christianity has now become defined by what they have perceived as helping people instead of realizing that they're destroying life and hurting the people that they think they could love. They have gotten twisted Christianity because they combined what the world says should be right and wrong with what they think God would think is right and wrong, and they, they construed and twisted up what God's love really means 
instead of understanding that God is about life and living and saving and delivering. They would better off put their, their, their efforts towards bringing people out of sin instead of doing things that would further cause them damage, harm, and hurt. But they've embraced the world's ideologies. They think, well, that, that's got, that sounds right. That must be true. That, that feels good. It's not about how you feel. It's about what God says. Remember the tree, when they, they tasted of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and, and Eve saw that it was something that she desired. It was desired to make one wise. It was, it was oh, that looks good. And, and, and her desire got twisted in there until she said, well, that's good for the, um, it's, it's good for the belly, and it's good for the mind. It's good, it'll make me look good. And, and be careful of your desire. Because when you get your desire all messed up, and when you, your desire becomes something different than the things that God would desire, you're now going to start to twist truth. It's okay to desire things, by the way. God put that in you. But you can't let your life be ruled by desire. You need to let truth rule. That's where things good and evil became the, quote, decision maker. And, and, and desire with that became the decision maker. And, and I'm telling you right now, I sometimes ask the kids what they want to eat for supper. And you know, they never say peas and green beans and broccoli. Never. In fact, when you mention something that may be halfway, somewhat mildly decent and healthy, part of the kids are going to say, ew, that's gross. I don't want that. But some are going to say, man, can we have those waffles with syrup? Or, again, I did give in to this one the other night. Can we just have jelly? <laughs> jelly? There's no protein in jelly. Well, it's got fruit in there and lots of sugar. <laughs> lots of sugar. But that's where desire will get you. Desire will get you ice cream for supper. And yet even the, the kid or the person who embraces ice cream for supper will find that after a while they begin to feel gross. And you're like, man, all I've had is donuts and ice cream and M&Ms and it's piled in and, and it's gross. We need to embrace the word of God and let it lead us and guide our lives. Oh, we need to, to heed his commandments. And, and so, uh, um, and we're not going to read Psalms chapter 19. But if you were to look, it talks about how the heavens declare the glory of God. And then it gets into the word. Oh, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, and here in our passage, and Moses is up there on the mountain, what was he getting while they were, while they were shedding their allegiance to God and picking up idols that would become something they would struggle with through the rest of their lives. While they were doing that, Moses was getting commandments. He was getting precious word. It was detailed. It was laying out, hey, th this is what I want from you, and this is how you can live life, and this is what a tabernacle will look like, and this is what's right, and this is what's wrong. And when you face this situation, this is where you're gonna, what you're going to have to do with how you're going to have to do it. As I'm talking to you about that, we got New Testament as well. We have Old Testament, but we have New Testament. But we have something else, and it says, the Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. 
that means when you face those new things out there in life, when you face social media, well, we never had social media before. Does it, can you guys remember a time when there wasn't social media? I mean, really, okay, we all can, right? But, but it feels like this thing called the iPhone. I mean, I just saw the other day that the iPod has gone out of existence. And then I think it came into existence like in 2003. I'm like, that's it? I was an adult then. That's not possible. That feels like something that came as a child. But no, the world has changed so much. There, that wasn't written here in the Bible, but the principles were. And when you study the Word and you get these commandments, then the Spirit of God in you will lead you and guide you. And when you face that next moment, or, or, or when you're with that coworker or that friend or that family member, or, or that, not, <laughs> that enemy, right? And, and they say some words to you, and it's in a little bit different situation, and yet you hear it. The Spirit begins to say, hey, remember that word? Here, here's how it applies here. Here's how you need to behave. And it'll also make you sensitive to spirits and you'll get discernment. And you'll be like, wait, this is how we need to navigate this situation. You know, it's exciting when God steps in and he just gives you insight on a situation. He gives you a little insight. You're like, wait, this isn't quite right here. Sometimes what happens to me is I'm like, oh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> yeah. God's prodding you, and you're like, well, this is okay, this is okay, until you're way down the rabbit hole, and then you're like, man, we got ourselves into some trouble. We got ourselves into a mess. Listen to the voice of God. So Moses is here, and he's receiving the word from God, and, and the children of Israel have sinned. And Chapter 34, Moses now is to go back up the mountain. Exodus chapter 34. And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon thee tables, on these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest, and be ready in the morning, and come up in the morning to the mount. And so Moses has gotten all this detailed word, and when we think of Moses' commandments, we think of, well, I, I think immediately of if you have this blotch on the wall, and if you have this little thing over here and, and don't cut the corners of your hair like this and don't trim the corners of your beard and some of it I'm like, thank God we don't have to do any of that and, and that's a little weird and, and, and I see some of these commandments and, and, and I look at them but then I see here in Exodus 34 so we talk about Moses' law but then we discover a little greater insight into Jesus Christ and so as Moses goes up on the mountain, it says in verse 5, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. And this is speaking of the Lord. It says, And proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness, and truth. Oh, I'm so excited. Because yes, we have all these detailed commandments. And yes, the children of Israel had just sinned. And they had made themselves idols. And, and, and God was like, you know what? I, Moses, I'll start over with you. But when God went to pass before Moses, because Moses had said, hey, could I just see you? And God said, I'm going to put you in a cleft in the rock. And I'm going to pass by. And, and, and when he was passing by, what did the Lord say? 
And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty in visiting the iniquity of, of the fathers upon the children, upon the children's children, unto the four, third and fourth generation. You know what we have here? We have a God who will punish the wicked. But if you will repent, He is long-suffering and merciful and gracious, forgiving the iniquity and the sin. So it, God isn't going to get rid of His Word. He isn't getting rid of the fact that there's judgment for sin and that the wages of sin is death. But He's saying, hey Moses, let me proclaim myself to you today. I want to give you a revelation of just who I am. I am full of grace and mercy and truth. And so when it came time for God to just... Moses said, could I just see you? I've received all this word, but could I see you? And he said, I'm going to give you just a little glimpse of me. And he began to pass by. And he said, I'm grace, and I'm mercy, and I'm truth. Oh, church, we didn't deserve any of this. We didn't deserve our evil thoughts, our evil intentions, those things to be taken away from us. We, we, it wasn't owed to us at all. But God said, this is who I am. Oh, if you'll repent, if you'll seek His face, if you'll turn from your wicked ways, He hears you. Oh, and furthermore, when the enemy of your soul comes throwing that up in your mind and, and he tries to say, oh, God doesn't love you and why are you deserving of this? Nobody was deserving of His grace and mercy. We're so far removed from even remotely being able to consider ourselves worthy of it. So just receive it because He gave it. Receive it because He loved you so much. So this speech by Moses, we see it again when you flip to the book of John. John chapter 1. And when you flip there, how does John chapter 1 open up? But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Word, those commandments, that Psalms 119, oh, I want to ingest that Word, that, that Word that we've committed ourselves to, Psalms chapter 1, that, that Word that was given on the mountain, that, was, that Word that became part of that covenant between the children of Israel and, and God Almighty, that, that Word, we open up the book of John and it says that Word was made flesh. And, I know that we can get into the Greek word logos and we can get into the, the whole thought, but John was writing to a people here, probably most of them didn't even know how to read. So you say he was writing to people who don't know how to read. Somebody read it to them, okay? Somebody read it to them. That's why it's important to actually hear the word. For most of the centuries of time, people have actually heard the word. And when you hear it, it has a change on you and effect. So I encourage you to listen to the word or read it out loud. Let it get into you. and Meditate on it. And chew on it. But in the beginning was the word. So when they would have heard this, they would have said, ah, oh, 
that word and, and that, that from the beginning, that, that word. And they would have thought about the word of God and, and all the scripture. The beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 3, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and and. The light there, you could also think of the word again. Why? Because thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And, and Jesus is that lamp to my feet and that light to my path. Just as you begin to see this, and he's, he's celebrating Jesus here, and, and he's saying in the beginning was the word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So... Well, we better not skip too far ahead. But in him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not, or the darkness couldn't overcome it. But as we travel down through here, and I, I would love to read all these verses. Jeremy and I were talking about it beforehand, but we don't want to destroy you with the, not destroy you, bore you with reading the whole chapter. But then it says, verse 14, and the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What happened to Moses on the mountain? He was receiving word from God. He was receiving tables of stone which were a covenant. But that word, that that word that Moses received was the same word from the beginning. That word was made flesh and came and lived among us. Oh, Moses had said, could you just show me a little bit of your glory? Oh, but right here, what do we see? And he passed by before him. And he said he's full of mercy and he's full of grace and he's full of truth. We read that in the book of Exodus 34. And right here, John says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, that covenant from the Old Testament. He now, and he's that glimpse that he received, where he, God proclaimed Himself. He's now saying, hey, what did Moses see? He saw Jesus Christ. Oh, with grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And what do we get? He was made flesh and dwelt among us. Oh, that little bit of glimpse that Moses was getting. Oh, we got to have walk on this earth. And that grace and truth said, you know what? I'm not just going to give you a little revealing. But Brother Kennedy, I'm going to come over to you. And when you're all alone, I'm going to be that grace. I'm going to be that love. I'm going to be that caring for you. I'm going to be that we can make it. I'm with you. I'm that one that whispers with you. And you whisper with me. Oh, I'm here when nobody will listen to you. I'm saying, wait a second. Would you let me listen to you? Oh, I'm an ear for you. I'm somebody that you can come to for counsel and wisdom. What is he? He's the word. He's the word that they said in Psalms 119. Oh, this is what it'll do for you. This is how it'll keep you. Oh, it's the word that we were told to hide in our heart, to chew on, to study. Jesus Christ was made flesh and walked among us, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake that cometh 
After me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. Oh, that means the NIV says grace instead of grace. If I quoted that right, I don't have it up here right here. But, but it's uh, grace instead of grace. It's, it's, and you're like, really? What do you mean grace for sake? That means we got greater grace in Jesus Christ that said, you know what? It, it, I'm going to really wash you of all your sins. All of history doesn't have to worry about sin anymore. If you'll just take me, if you'll just, just follow me, if you'll just obey me, we have access to great grace. Grace instead of grace. Grace for grace. Oh, can we just give him some love right now? Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I worship you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your truth. The only begotten of the Father. We beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. And so as you read the book of John, and you now think about these opening statements, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, and we see that Jesus Christ is that word. He's that, if you want to say that, Torah. He's the word, and he's the covenant. And he's that grace and truth in the book of Exodus. And he's that ever-reaching. When you see that, and then you flip over to some of our opening passages in John chapter 13. And he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. I see another commandment here. This isn't just those commandments just carved in the stone. It's more than that. This commandment's an old commandment. It's not that the Old Testament doesn't tell us that we shouldn't love the Lord thy God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It isn't that the Old Testament that didn't tell us that we weren't to love, love one another. That's all Old Testament. When Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself, he was, and he said that all the commandments, all the laws, all this hang on these two things. He, he didn't make something up new in the moment. But yet he says a new commandment. It's, he's saying, hey, you, you need to love like he loves. And as soon as I say that, I'm like, man, how, how is that possible? But when you will start looking at people through the eyes of love, when you will start looking at it through his mercy and grace, when you, Brother Jeremy, when I look at you, and I'm not saying you've done anything wrong, I'm just picking on you for example. But when I look at you, if I will start out with, man, I love that Brother Jeremy. Man, Brother Jeremy is a child of God. Jeremy right there, he's, oh, I don't just see him as a person who God loves, but I see so many great things in him. So, so, so much of, of who he already is and who he can be. And, and, and I, if I could say the sky's the limit, but I'm looking at him and I'm seeing God has somebody that he can use and Jeremy can, can be whoever God wants to make him to be. And Jeremy has the potential to help other people and to be a, be a great father. 
To be a great person to others, but to be a great father to his children and a great husband to his wife and, and, and to be in the, the to working in the, um, the ER and to helping people out. When I look at him and I see all those things, even if Jeremy doesn't see them. You see, God saw all those things before Jeremy was born. And, and to pick on him a little further, prophecy went out over him before he had ever had a chance to try any number of sins out in life. Because God said, this is what you are going to be. This is what I see in you. And Brother Khan, he, I'll pick on you there also. God looks at you and he saw way before you went through any struggle in life. Oh, this is Brother Khan. And this is who he can be. And this is what I'm going to mold and shape him. But furthermore, Brother Kennedy, it's not just some physical thing. But it's your inner attributes. Oh, it's the kindness. And it's the love. And it's a place where Jesus Christ could live. You could be his temple. He saw all that. And if you would see that in people, if you're, Jesus, just give me a glimpse of what you see in people. Oh, if we, let's just ask him that right now. Lord, just let me have a little bit of glimpse of people the way you see people. The way you want to see them, oh God. Let me see them, Jesus. And so he says a new commandment. I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also Love one another for, or by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Chapter 15, he reiterates this and he says in verse 10, if you keep my commandments. Well, we'll go to verse 8. It says, herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So have ye, shall ye be my disciples. As my father hath loved you, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And what does Jesus say? Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I have commanded you. I titled this today, Keep My Commandments, and keep, or keep his, and keep his Commandments. Can't even remember what I titled it, right? And Keep His Commandments. And I wanted to put love in there. But his commandment is to love. And if you want to demonstrate to God, I love you, you're going to keep his commandments. And one of his commandments is to love one another. You see, love is hard. Amen. Love led Jesus to love Judas as Judas betrayed him. You know, love even let Jesus, led Jesus to let Judas go. Love for Judas let Judas go. And love led him to the cross. And Judas' betrayal led Jesus to the cross. And Jesus also understood in that, that even though Judas was turning his back on him, and, and he was going the other way, 
that in turn what it was going to put Jesus through was going to save the world to whosoever will, to anybody who would want it. God's love. His love led him to be on the cross and to forgive those that were parting his clothing and spitting on him and, and, and treating him horribly. It was his love. It was his love that, as we talked about last week, led him back to Peter on the shore who had cursed him. It was love that poured out His Spirit on the day of Pentecost and then led Peter to stand up there and preach. And, and 3,000 were saved that day. Those were the people who said, after they heard what they had done to Jesus, said, men and brethren, what must we do? What shall we do here? Look what we've done is blood. And we've sinned. And yet, yet that whole message of conviction, God led Peter to preach it. Why? Because He loved Oh, if you can start seeing people with His love and obey the commandment to love one another, what will that do for you? When I mess up, you'll look at me and say, God, help him get through this. And it'll also cause me, when I'm a little frustrated, to say, God, help me to treat them right. It'll change your actions one to another. That's what love will do. It's, it's what glasses that you have on. When you have glasses on, Everybody's going to mess up, okay? Everybody's going to mess up. And some people are just going to be plat or plain out mean. They're going to do just mean things, and sometimes they're going to do it because they're feeling mean. <laughs> but if you can get back to, instead of looking at people, oh, I knew they were going to be mean. Yeah, that's just a terrible person right over there. If you can lay those glasses down, and you can say, Jesus, there's good there, and there's love and there's something that you're making, and there's something that you're shaping and molding. Can we stand to our feet? If you could put those glasses on. And now, if I could encourage you today to even look at yourself. Because Jesus loves you. And he wants me to love you. And he wants everybody else in this place to love you. So I want you to love you. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And some of you have been pretty hard on yourself. You don't think highly of yourself. And I don't mean that you have some overly bloated sense of self and I'm so great. I don't mean that. I mean, you're a valued possession, and I value you, and Jesus values you, and your brother and sister values you. And so today I would ask you, and I'd ask the entire church, if we could close our eyes and lift our faces towards heaven, to renew your commitment to God, to obey his word, and to love, to love one another because of his mercy and his grace and his truth that he brought, Lord Jesus, I'm committing myself to you. To your word, oh God. Oh God, to your mercy and your grace that you brought into our lives, overwhelming and abundantly, Lord. God, I want to be in covenant with you. Lord, you fill me with your spirit. And I, I want to follow after you. And I want to obey your covenant. I want to obey your commandments. And God, I want to have your love. And as a church, Lord, I want to love. We want to love. Help us to see 
with love. Because you came with forgiveness and long-suffering. Help us to have forgiveness and long-suffering. Strengthen us, O God, and help us to see ourselves the way you see us through your eyes of love. Thank you for loving us, Jesus. We worship you and we praise you. Go ahead, give him some love. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. See you back in here in 10 minutes, and we'll have church. God bless you.